Blog Talk Radio. This is the national premiere Soccer League show hosted by Daniel Feuerstein, the show dedicated to the NPSL club and the fans. Your host, Daniel Feuerstein. Good evening, NPSL soccer fans, and welcome back to another National Premier Soccer League show as we talk about those clubs in the NPSL, your clubs, your league, what you want to hear on the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. This is the second of two shows talking about the brand new expansion sides coming into the NPSL. Um, And once again, this is going to be another fun show. And I cannot wait to talk to my guests tonight as we talk to them about what's so exciting to be in the NPSL, why they chose the NPSL, and get ready for an amazing season with them so far. Let's go ahead. Now it's official. We have our clubs. We have our regions and all the conferences ready to go. So let me go ahead and rattle off the names of some of these clubs that will now perform in the 2023 season of the National Premier Soccer League in the West Region. Golden Gate Conference, El Farolito, FC Davis, Napa Valley 1839 FC, Oakland SC, Oakland Stompers, Sacramento Gold FC, San Ramon FC, and Sonoma County Soul FC. In the Southwest Conference, California Odyssey SC, FC Arizona, the Las Vegas Legends, and Lions United. We go now to the Midwest region in the Gateway Conference. Club Atletico St. Louis, Des Moines, Des Moines United FC, Atar Belleville FC, FC Milwaukee Torrent, Iowa Raptors, and the Sunflower State FC. In the Great Lakes Conference, Akron City FC, Pathia FC, Cleveland FC, the Erie Commodores FC, FC Columbus, Steel City FC in the Heartland Conference, Arkansas Wolves, Demise NPSL, Oklahoma City 1889 FC, Rain FK, Tulsa Athletic in the North Conference, Dakota Fusion FC, Duluth FC, Joy St. Louis Park, LC Aris FC, Med City FC, Minnesota Twin Stars FC, and finally, Sioux Falls Thunder FC. We're going to the South region right now, the Gulf Coast Conference, Florida Roots FC, the Jacksonville Armada, under 23 side, New Orleans Jesters, Pensacola SC, Southern States SC, and Tallahassee SC. In the Lone Star Conference, Austin United FC, CF10 Houston FC, Corinthians FC of San Antonio, Coyotes FC, Denton Diablos FC, 
Brownsville NPSL, Fort Worth Vaqueros FC, formerly known as Irving FC, now changed to Gallows FC. So name change is there. Same shield with the rooster inside of it. And we'll have to hopefully uh, get that club on here and talk about why the name change. Laredo Heat SC, Lubbock Matadors, and West Texas FC in the Southeast Conference. 865 Alliance in Tennessee. Apotheso, excuse me, Apotheos FC, Appalachian FC, Charlottetown Hops FC, Georgia Revolution FC, and Georgia Storm. In the Sunshine Conference, Central Florida Panthers FC, the Miami Dutch Lions FC, and Naples United FC. In the East Region, the Keystone Conference is broken up into two separate conferences now. Keystone East Conference has Atlantic City FC, FC Monmouth, FC Motown, First State FC from Delaware, Jackson Lions FC, those are the four of the five, um, should I say four of the six clubs that represent the state of New Jersey, and the Philadelphia Union's developmental squad. They're a part of this PSL Keystone East Conference. In the Keystone West Conference, Electric City Shock SC, Hershey FC, Pennsylvania Classics, the Philadelphia Ukrainian Nationals, Torch FC, and West Chester United SC. In the Mid-Atlantic Conference, Alexandria Reds, Annapolis Blues FC, FC Frederick, Greenville United, Grove United, Northern Virginia United, Virginia Beach City FC, and the Virginia Dream FC. In the North Atlantic Conference, Hartford City FC, Kingston Stockade FC, the New York Shockers, based out of Albany, Syracuse FC, and Valo, Vallejo, excuse me, Vallejo FC. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Those are the brand new conferences within the four regions of the NPSL as we are about to get ready for the 2023 season and it'll be getting underway very very soon in the month of March and once again the season will start for this brand new NPSL season on Saturday March 25th as Sonoma County Soul will host the California Odyssey That'll be a uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, and it should be a fun one. And that'll be played over at uh, Petaluma Community Sports Fields over in the Sonoma County area in California. So that's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be exciting. And then, of course... Uh, the following weekend on Saturday, April the 1st, here's the list of games starting off on the West region of the NPSL. 
El Farolito hosting Sacramento Gold FC at Boxer Stadium. Then the Oakland Stompers hosting Sonoma County Soul at Raymondi Park. Oakland SV taking on Napa Valley 1839 at Oakland Technical High School. San Ramon FC hosting FC Davis over at the Tiffany Roberts Soccer Field. So those are the first two weekends to start this 2023 NPSL soccer season. And it should be a lot of fun. It should be exciting. And we're going to get this NPSL season underway. But, of course, first things first, those U.S. Open Cup matches, they will get underway first on March 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And um, we will find out, of course, hopefully sooner rather than later, if these matches will be streamed live either through the HBO Max uh, app, courtesy of Turner Sports, and or will U.S. Soccer be the ones uh, setting up these streams at wherever locations there are, or will there be independent streams by these clubs that are going to be out there? Hopefully not. Hopefully we'll have... Uh, information for everybody with the Open Cup situation once that is going to be uh, taken care of. But as we get ready once again for this season, it's exciting to have these amateur clubs, or should I not say these amateur clubs, but either amateur clubs wanting to be in the National League, making that next step, or brand new MPSL clubs coming into play and wanting to be a part of something special. And that's what the National Premier Soccer League will do for these clubs. Obviously, there are some clubs that have left uh, trying to move forward, but that's okay. We wanna, I want to wish them the best of luck, whether they've decided to move up into the next level or move back down into the amateur levels out of the National League of U.S. Soccer. So we'll see what happens there. But I want to wish those clubs uh, good luck. I want to wish those clubs that were a part of the MPSL, you know, Godspeed. And hopefully they will have their own success uh, this upcoming 2023 season. So good times, special times once again. New clubs coming in. Um, already had Annapolis Blues on uh from last year's uh, MPSL shows, sadly, my MPSL season shows were abruptly put on hold due to uh, being uh, not well. But thankfully, we're going to have a full year this year. And I'm very excited to have uh, the clubs that are going to be joining us tonight uh, in this second show of two on the brand new expansion teams that will be coming into play talking about joining the NPSL, the National Premier Soccer League, as we get ready for a fun time tonight. Five matches, excuse me, five clubs joining me tonight. Of course, that will be 865 Alliance, West Texas FC, Des Moines United, Iowa Raptors, and the California Odyssey. Got great guests on tonight to have you guys uh, listen in and to enjoy the show, 
as we get ready to talk more with these clubs and where they see themselves and how they want to get along and uh, why they believe that they're going to make their mark and be the next hot club in the National Premier Soccer League as we get ready for this one. And so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before we even get on with the show tonight, um, this is going to be an exciting time. And as I've always said, while it's nice to talk to those clubs in the professional levels in Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three in U.S. soccer, you know, I enjoy talking to the owners that have been part of the NPSL for a very long time. You've heard me have Sonny D'Alessandro on, who owns Tulsa Athletic. Uh, Damon Gochner, Denton Diablos, Andrew Wildgus of Atlantic City FC, and many, many other owners that are part of this league because you want to hear their passion for the game. You want to hear their passion for this league, for their club, and you want to know what is going on. Whether it is the club you follow or you follow the league as a whole, this is why I give them and and want to have them tell their stories, have their voices be a part of this show and a part of telling you why they're excited to be in the NPSL and why they believe that this league is the best place for them to be at. And at the same time, what they want to bring to you, their supporters, but for you as a fan of this league that are dedicated to this league, or even if you are just dedicated to lower level uh, leagues in the U.S., why it's important for them to be a part of this. And, uh, of course, Giovanni Telefiero of Central Florida Panthers as well. I want to give them that voice. I want them to share their excitement with all of you, all of you, of why they want to be a part of the NPSL seasons and the National Premier Soccer League shows. Because, like I said, it's always exciting to have them on the, on the show and to get their voices heard for you from them. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I cannot wait to get this thing going and get this show rolling as we go ahead and have some fun. And we are going to have a fun time tonight. So my guests tonight, my first guest as I'm waiting for uh, this gentleman to join me tonight, Mr. Michael Mayer, the head coach of 865 Alliance, as we get ready to talk about his club. And here he is right now, the head coach of 865 Alliance, Michael Mayer. Michael, good evening and welcome to the National Premier Soccer League. Good evening. Thank you for having me, Daniel. Well, thank you for joining me tonight. Um, so, Alliance, excuse me, 865 Alliance. Uh, where does that reference of to the name of the club, and why was that chosen? 
five is area code here in Knoxville, and then SB Alliance is our feeder club. So uh, obviously we're creating that pathway for our top players to, you know, go to eight six five. Absolutely, and that's great to hear. Why has the club chosen the MPSL, and do you feel this is the league that fits what the club wants to do? Uh, we are creating um, an environment within Knoxville. We were a community base, and we're trying to create an avenue for those top kids that we have produced, um, an avenue to play into the MPSL. And we definitely have that. One of our kind of our flagships are our 06 boys, which is up and coming. They've gone to the Nationals in the next, for the last two years. So in the in the near future, hopefully we can get them on that path. And um, we've been working with the local colleges uh, around the community, and they've been very helpful to with our recruiting. So yeah, that's uh, that's our objective. That's absolutely wonderful to hear. And if I can ask you this, um, obviously, University of Tennessee is there. Um, Have you recruited some of those college players that uh, everyone's been scouting, looking into? Of course, we don't know what their futures will be. Will it remain, uh, continue to play as a professional, at least to join your side this upcoming season? What's so special about University of Tennessee soccer? Well, UT does not have a men's program. Due to Title IX, they just have a women's program. Uh, we've been really working with ETSU, Milligan, Maryville, LMU, um, obviously UFA, uh, UFA, excuse me, UVA. Um, so yeah, they, the neighboring within this region, uh, I've been reaching out to, and they've been very, very helpful. That's great to hear. And for those of us that are not familiar with the Tennessee uh, soccer scene, what have you seen yourself? Uh, The level of these kids, these young players that want to get a shot at playing for your club, what encourages you that you're going to get great uh, players that come from the state? Uh, from the states um, that we're targeting, uh, some examples like Andy Sellins, he plays at UVA, uh, Lucas Nordin, these are local guys that came through SC Alliance. Um, he's going to ETSU, and um, as well as Preston Holmes, he's at ETSU. He's another guy from Knoxville. Uh, all of them are working, are, are playing with 865. So uh, that is our objective, and we continue to work with the, the neighboring uh, universities uh, and the local talent around because there's there and to try to tap that and then kind of sprinkle in some um, international talent um, as we continue to, you know, go through this process. It's about embracing the process, of, you know, day by day, and, and it's kind of an exciting time to be in Knoxville. Sounds like, and it sounds like everybody's rip-roaring and ready to go. Uh, And just to talk about where your club is going to be playing, uh, obviously it's going to be in the uh, South region, uh, and your club will be playing against the Southeast Conference and your fellow expansion side, Charlottetown, excuse me, Charlottetown Hops FC. You'll be joining with uh, Apotheos Appalachian FC, the Georgia Revolution, and the Georgia Storm. What makes you think 
that this conference is going to be a very tough conference to play in this year? And what have you seen scouting-wise from tapes? Or maybe if you were able to scout for those league seasons from last year, why this is such a tough conference for your side? I, I just watched uh, Georgia Storm play um, Apostles FC. Uh, that's the only video I've seen so far. Uh, I've talked to Dale Parker, which has uh, just got the job. He was at LMU, but he's moved over to Landers, and he he's the coach at, at FC. So he's the one that everyone's chasing. Uh, the league is going to be extremely hard and competitive. Um, what I just saw from the the – the, the small footage that I have seen, they, they look to play. They look to possess. The style is good. Um, my job's going to be hard, but uh, it's it's a good hard. It's a good challenge. So, um, yeah, the, the the Southeast region is going to be very competitive. So. Absolutely, and uh, it's going to be a real tough one, but I feel like you're probably going to have a solid year so far, and we'll see what – uh, you do over there now obviously uh, if you do make the playoffs and if you do make a deep deep run into the MPSL Cup playoffs what does this mean for you if the club does qualify for the U.S. Open Cup obviously everyone wants to be a part of it what would that mean for you for the club the ownership and for the people who support who support your club to be involved in the Open Cup it would be extremely exciting. It would be great for the community. Uh, I think everyone would be, you know, extremely, um, you know, just very supportive and be behind us. Um, we're, it would be a great time. The, the experiences that we've, I've had in the past, previously uh, I was in Michigan, and my first years with Lansing United under Eric Rudlin, we went to the Final Four against Red Bull, your, your team that you support a lot. So, and I saw how they followed us out of Lansing. So I, I would, I would assume Knoxville would be even more. So, because the city's bigger than Lansing. So, uh, yeah, it, if we get to that point, we'll take, we'll cross, you know, take one game at a time. But if we get to that point, I think Knoxville will be extremely um, motivated to get behind us. Just out of curiosity as a coach, I mean, what type of style do you like to uh, play when you're competing in the match? I mean, you don't have to give away all your secrets. I'm not asking for that. But, you know, what, what do you like to try and do? Press, counter, defend? Uh, what, what type of style do you, do, you, do you think fits what 865 Alliance wants to do to compete in the NPSL? The style will be determined by the players, but – Regarding, we're going to look to build, build out of the back, go through each line, um, and obviously we'll have to adjust to each opponent. But really what it comes down to is as I get to know these players, uh, the players will dictate the style as well as the formation and so forth. But um, it looks promising so far. And, um, yes, a lot of work ahead. What does it mean for you to start a team from scratch to begin their existence? Uh, what doesn't matter what league or what level it is in the U.S., but what does that mean for you to be the very first coach in the history of first head coach, excuse me, uh, in the history of this club to begin uh, in the NPSL? 
very humble, very thankful for John Snyder to, he's the owner of 865 Alliance, uh, to give me this opportunity. And as well as all the mentors that have kind of guided me to this point, I'm very thankful. So it's just, um, you know, embrace it and, and go after it. It's, it's going to be fun. So I, I'm looking forward to it. Talk about your owner and John Snyder, as you said, you know, he gave you the confidence uh, to be the head coach of this club. What is, what, what does he do? And uh, how did he fo- uh, found this club originally before making the move to NPSL? Uh, he, he was, he ran a club called the impact and then he turned that into SB Alliance, which is now, the biggest club in Knoxville, and it's a juggernaut. It's an ECNL club, both on the boys and girls side, and yeah, both like I just said, boys and girls are extremely strong. Their 06 boys uh, are, are going to the nationals again, and um, yeah, he is. He's also on the side of tournaments where he all over the southeast region. He runs tournaments uh, that um, help the club grow. So, how big are relationships when you're in this level, and especially with other clubs being in other levels? Obviously, there's one Knoxville SC that's going to be in the USL League One, the league above mm-hmm. you. But you know, how important are relationships with other clubs at your level or above or below to make 865 Alliance? Uh, one of the top clubs in the state. Well, obviously, they're two steps. Um, obviously, they're they're on the professional pathway. We're working with amateurs and college kids. Um, my job is to obviously develop these players that for to prep them for their next fall season and to work with the colleges around. And if I prep them correctly, um, that will reciprocate in the future, and uh, that will lead to results, good results. So, um, you know, just working with the colleges day in and day out and and providing those players um, a professional environment uh, and giving them a good experience will, will lead to the pathway to success. Absolutely. And that's all we want. We want to see you get success and hopefully the players will be successful and uh, hopefully everything will be going forward and going in a positive direction. Um, With your schedule coming out very soon, probably it's already out there. uh, Most of your games will be against your fellow Southeast conference teams, or will you also be facing any other teams coming from, I would say, maybe in the Mid-Atlantic or in the South, maybe in the Florida uh, Florida clubs. What's your schedule going to be like? Our first game is projected to be on May 6th, but we're only playing within the Southeast regions. We're not going out of that unless we get into the playoffs. So that's why I kind of figured, but I wasn't sure, because it's only you and – five other clubs, so it's going to be uh, – how many games are you going to be playing? Ten games well, or a little five, bit yeah, more five, than that? Yeah, no, well, yeah, ten games, five home and five away. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
but I wasn't sure. Maybe maybe you can sneak in an extra game here here or there before you even make the playoffs. So I was just want to make sure I got that correct. Um, other than that, uh, as we said already before, you know, first year in the NPSL is this this is the league of choice that the the club wants to be in ready to go ready to compete ready to show everyone why you're going to be a new uh, a new threat in this league yes i mean with what we have done so far um and the and the players we've brought in uh, i think we are on the right path so it's just uh prepping these players and kind of refining it so still adding to the team but it looks really good right now so yeah it's exciting and uh, hopefully everything will go in your favor and hopefully it'll be a strong season for this club um who should we who should we be looking for uh for this 865 alliance uh side who's the most dangerous player you have currently or we're not sure yet well, I, I've met, as we've mentioned before, Andy Fellins plays for UVA. Obviously, he's quality, ah. or he wouldn't be there. Um, uh, Lucas, <laughs> he's, he's going to ETSU. We have an international uh, named uh, Isaac Garo. He's coming from Costa Rica. There's, those, are, those are some attacking players that you may want to keep an eye out for. Um, and we, like I said, we have some players coming from all over uh, from LMU as well as uh, Maribel, Milligan, and Carson Newman. So it's uh, it's nice. Well, like I said, the, I really want to thank the, the colleges that have worked with me so far. They've been very um, very open and uh, helpful, uh, allowing me to just come and watch them play and watch games and so forth. And it really is helping my recruiting up to this point. Absolutely. This is Michael Mayer, the head coach of 865 Alliance. Michael, thank you very much for your time. I truly do appreciate it. Good luck this year. Welcome to the NPSL, and good luck with this entire season. Thank you, Daniel. Have a good one. Thank you. Once again, Michael Mayer, head coach of 865 Alliance, based out of Knoxville, Tennessee. And as we get ready to welcome my next guests, yes, I said guests, uh, tonight, we have joining me uh, from West Texas FC, the head coach, Mr. Victor Dominguez, and the director of business operations, Miss Melissa Milan. Uh, Victor, Melissa, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Um let me go first to Victor. Victor, uh, for those of us not knowing where the club is located, where in West Texas will this club be playing in? Um, the city that we'll be playing in is uh, Midland, Texas. So it's right on West Texas. <laughs> huh. Is that bordering um, by the state of Oklahoma or, or too far, too close? Where? Um, it's a little bit southeast um, of that, um, you know, maybe two hours away from Lubbock, uh, two or three hours away from Amarillo, around those areas. That's pretty cool. That's pretty good. So mm-hmm. um, let me just ask you this. I mean, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't have to tell you anything, obviously, because <laughs> you're, you're in probably one of the biggest 
and dare I say, most dangerous conferences uh, in the yep. MPSL in the South region, obviously. I mean, you're going to – well, I mean, look, I think we all know it, all of Texas is going to be difficult no matter what. But uh, mm-hmm. when when you found out you're going to be in the Lone Star Conference, does that flick your chops a little bit, or are you a little worried about the competition? No, worried, worried not at all. Um, I, you know, I strive to try to compete against the best and come out to try to be the best. And being in one of the toughest NPSL conferences, to me, is is exciting. You know, we're getting, like you said, all the all the players from every diff, different nationalities coming down here and playing, and it's it's very tough. There's a history in the Lone Star Conference, and you know, I'm ready to go toe to toe with every single team in this league. Absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. Melissa, if I can go to you next, please. Um, Why, Melissa, uh, why has uh, the ownership uh, come to the MPSL? And at the same time, why is West Texas the location for this club that tries to be a beacon for that area of those people that want to start their uh, soccer uh, uh, careers? Yeah, so um, that's a great question. And um, we just wanted to bring something into West Texas that was going to be entertaining and um, something that everybody can enjoy. Um, we were super excited about being able to come in and join, and we saw the success of the Midland Soccers that played here previously. And, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of talent that comes out of West Texas. There's a lot of um you know, we, we have very successful successful sports teams that come out of here. So we wanted to bring something new and exciting and just kind of remind people, like, don't forget about us, and we're here now, and we're ready to, to move forward. And the owner of the club, Melissa, what, what is the owner, or is it a, an ownership group? Why do they want to be involved in the sport? What, what, what brought them to come together and create this club? First of all, it's a huge uh, soccer family. Love the game of, of soccer. And um, it's something that in the last few years has just kind of grown, not just in the United States, but globally. And we're, and I say we, we're all part of it. And so, you know, the ownership group is, is, passionate about the game and um, wants to share that love of the game with everybody else. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's why they decided to, to do this. That's uh, great to hear. And it's wonderful to uh, have that love and passion involved in this game, especially here in the U S uh, Victor, I want to go back to you, obviously. Um, have you spoken with any of the, your uh, fellow head coaches in this conference? Have they given you the evil eye? Have they given you the old warnings of watch out for this, watch out for that? They're coming to get you. What, what ha- or has it been just a, just a nice little conversation piece with some of these clubs that you're going to be facing uh, all season long? It's actually been very supportive, uh, supportive for us, you know, to, to start and to build and to get into the league. Um, you know, I've, played under some of these coaches and I've played or I've coached against some of these coaches previously already. Um, so they've actually been very, very helpful. And on the business side as well, they've been helping uh, Melissa and it's, it's been great. Um, 
but obviously once May comes around, then it's back to being competitive. But right now it's been it's been friendly, it's been fun, and you know it's been very helpful for us. Let me ask you this, Victor. And look, I mean, I've had on uh, Damon Gochner, owner of Denton Diablos, on this show uh, many okay. different times, and you know, at the moment. He's the he's the only club in this conference that has won the NPSL Cup. Have you learned anything mm. from what his club has done? Do you try are you try to emulate or maybe throw in a couple of wrinkles of what, what you want to do? Yeah, so I got to watch him play. Um, you know, I believe it was was it 2019. I believe it was when they won the nationals. Um, and you know, they've had a bunch of players from Midwestern that I've coached against and seen them play and then obviously they went over to the summer and I've had players play in the summer so you know I'd stay in touch and keep watching those games and you know just recruiting for the next year for the university level I you know continue every single year watch those games and you know they've always been very competitive but you know this past year with the Laredo Heat doing really well and um, Brownsville did really well that I'm not sure if I can even say it but I, I personally didn't expect it um, you know, with just some of those other teams like Denton Diablos this past season. So, I've, you know, I've, I'm very aware of, you know, the level that they bring and the game that they've played and, you know, their history. Um, but, yeah, obviously we look to those teams. But, you know, like Melissa said, this is West Texas for West Texas. And, you know, we're going to take the best of, you know, what we can see and what we can we can get. But we're going to try to do our thing as well and be competitive and, you know, through our philosophy and our way of doing things. Absolutely. And Melissa, just to go back to you, if you don't mind, um, what type of grassroots um, business dealings have you done to get people excited for West Texas FC? And at the same time, uh, have they responded very quickly once you announced that this club is going to be coming into the NPSL? Yeah, so first off, social media has been a huge help. Um, we, I was very anxious to see what the response was going to be when we went on ahead and announced that on uh, um, social media with the MPSL sharing it and so forth. And automatically we started getting um, a lot of direct messages and, um, you know, people saying that they were excited and wanting to know more and almost jumping the gun a little bit of like, well, who's the coach and who's playing and all these different things. So then that got us really excited. And then we were like, okay, let's just start rolling stuff out. And we've had some really great help from, from other teams and learning about things and, and how to do things correctly and professionally. And um, other than using social media, just reaching out and doing community stuff, um, we just recently partnered with our local soccer association and we're going to be going out and helping out with the teams and the coaches. And Victor's been doing a really great job of being able to, to go out and go to games and, um, you know, almost like presidency going around and, and shaking hands with everybody. And um, we've just had a lot of fun with that. And I think people are super excited. Season ticket sales are going well. Merchandise sales are going well. Some of those have been a little bit surprising. Um, you know, not just getting those sales here in West Texas, but also other areas of the state and the United States. So we're really excited to get it going. And I think the more that we're going to do, the more big things that we have to be announced, there's so much more left to do. Um, I think we're going to have a really great season. 
It sounds like it. And obviously, Melissa, and then I'll ask Victor the same question a little later, but I want your uh, thoughts first. Um, if this club does make a run, Melissa, into the playoffs and does go in deep into the playoffs, there's that opportunity that this club could be involved in the U.S. Open Cup in 2024. Is that one of the big goals that ownership and your fan and the supporters want to get into when next season rolls along if you're able to make it into a big playoff run? I think that would be anybody and everybody's um, ownership and fan group. I think that would be – that is everybody's goal. So um, that is something that we would definitely be – super excited for, um, you know, coming into the first year, not really sure how things are going to go, but, um, you know, that, yes, that, that is the, the, the goal. Um, and I know that Victor would probably reiterate this and say that that is his goal as well. And that, um, people would be over the moon if, if, if that were to happen. And Victor, of course, your thoughts as well, trying to qualify for that open cup spot, if you can get there. Yeah, um, I think everyone kind of doubts us and puts us in this um, this category of oh, it's a first year team. It's you know they're learning, they're putting their you know their feet in the water, this that and the other. But um, we want to go for it all, um, so we're bringing in players that the top players that we consider the top players that to strengthen our team and you know for for one goal and one goal only, and is to go as far as as far as as we can go and. If we can bank it into the U.S. Open Cup for the next year, that just brings retention and even even more players and more excitement and more community engagement for the club. So winning as much as we can, that's, that's always the goal. Absolutely. And, Victor, if you don't mind me asking, and, of course, I'm not asking you to open up the entire playbook or you give us your repertoire or anything like <laughs> that, but what type of – how do you, what type of style do you like to play? What's your tactics? I mean, do you like to attack? Do you like to press, defend, counter? I mean, what fits – or what do you envision West Texas to be playing their soccer in the MPSL this season? Yeah, and and simply simply put, and maybe in quicker way put, um, as far as us with the ball, like I want to build, I want to have the players be confident and express themselves, and you know, go at teams and and show their show showcase their talents um, defensively. You know, I, I request a lot of intensity and demand a lot of um, aggressiveness from the boys to go at teams, to press teams, to counter-press them, um, and just put them in forced and rush situations um, so we can just stay closer to, to their goal and create more uh, goal-scoring opportunities and threats. Um, and I think that's just me. Like, I want the guys to be passionate about it, um, and especially in the final third, like, be passionate about it, be creative, express yourself, have fun at the end of the day, and as soon as we lose it, Let's be aggressive. Let's be intense. Let's get it back and go again. Well, that's great to hear, and hopefully, uh, it's going to be a fun one this upcoming. Excuse me, this upcoming season for you guys and Melissa. Uh, I guess finally from me for you, um, if for those of those new supporters for West Texas FC, um, is there anything special being planned during the year? Is there any special promotions you'd like to announce to any of the uh, uh, supporters out there that uh, will come to your games at home this year? Yeah, sure. Um, first off, you know, our season tickets, are, our season seats are on sale right now on our website. Um, we're going to keep doing those. Everybody will be able to, to come up and, and, and buy their tickets if, you know, they're just passing by and want to come through. 
we have some really exciting things planned. Um, I'm not going to give it all away. I want some of it to be um, a surprise. But um, you know, we're, we're working on doing. <laughs> yeah, we're working on on doing some really fun stuff, something different that I don't think um, West Texas has really seen before. Um, you know, once again, we're, we're trying to bring the best entertainment in West Texas, and I, I'm very certain that we're going to do it. Um, something really small, fireworks. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a Taylor's. I thought it was going to be some sort of a Taylor Swift concert, but that's just me. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> if you have but, a contest, uh, listen. Yeah, if you have a contest, oh, for that, oh, let us know. <laughs> okay, I'll try if I can. But I just want to say to both of you, thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it. Good luck this year in the MPSL, and good luck uh, this season. And uh, have some fun. And uh, once again, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. That's head coach Victor Dominguez and director of business operations, Melissa Milan, uh, for West Texas FC as they're getting ready for their, uh, for their big time game uh, tonight as we get ready to move forward here. And it should be a lot of fun and it should be exciting as we get ready for this one. Uh, now just waiting for uh, joining me tonight, the president of the Des Moines United Club in Mr. Darwin Salas, as we uh, are waiting for him to join us. You know, just got to say that for, you know, pro soccer or at least soccer in the um, Iowa area or at least in Des Moines, it just goes to show you, it just goes to show you that it's growing everywhere in all four corners, in all corners of the country. Everyone wants to be a part of the, of, of soccer, of this sport. Everyone wants to be a part of it. Everyone wants to grow. Everyone wants to be uh, involved and hopefully that they will be um you know, to continue on to become something special, something big. And it's just one of those things where, you know, you just hope that, um, you, you just hope that the, uh, the sport catches on quickly and gets bigger and better. So hopefully, uh, to see what's been going on, of course, it all starts with the Des Moines Menace one of those perennial top clubs in the USL League 2, formerly of PDL, Premier Development League. Uh, and now to see two more clubs, but coming into the NPSL, like we're going to have here tonight, and hopefully um, we'll have on um, Darwin Salas, uh, the president of Des Moines United, to join me tonight, hopefully as uh, waiting for him to join us. And we'll see what happens moving forward. But definitely... Just waiting to see what the situation uh, will be. And, you know, look, I just think that it's great. It's great to see what's going to happen. And, you know, the kids are watching it. It's not just the hotbeds in St. Louis, New York, New Jersey, Texas, California, even up in Massachusetts, Georgia, uh, Kentucky, 
you know, South Dakota, of course, has a club. And it, it's just one of those things where, you know, you just hope that continues on and it gets better and better and better. And that's what you hope for when you have these clubs coming in here, especially in the state of Iowa. Um, you know, not for some, maybe not known well for their soccer, but hopefully uh, that's going to change. Hopefully that will be uh, what what is going on with the situation when it comes to playing professional soccer, or at least in that level of professional soccer. But still, though, all you can say is but still, though, still, though, we'd like to see uh, what's going to happen here. As we move forward. But still, though, we have to uh, see what's going to happen here, you know, with the future of soccer in Iowa. And uh, hopefully we will see uh, what the situation will be. Still waiting for Mr. Uh, Darwin Salas, the president of Des Moines United, to join us tonight. And hopefully uh, he will be on with us tonight to talk about the club. But we shall wait and see, and hopefully he'll be joining us. And don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, we will have another Iowa club joining us uh, a little bit later after this segment. And uh, we'll take a look and see what that will bring. But at least in the Des Moines area, you're just happy to see more um, more clubs coming in into the professional levels or at least into the uh, upper levels above the amateur ranks because you want to see, like I said, all corners of this country becoming big-time teams and showing the support that they need to be shown. And that's all over. Even, obviously, in Wyoming, it would be nice to get uh, a professional club there or an amateur club there. Uh, or at least at a level where they can be a part of this. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, we can, we can uh, have better uh, clubs coming in and uh, getting ready for this situation when it comes to playing professional uh, soccer here in the United States. Uh, I mean, obviously we all know Iowa, probably mostly known for college football, obviously college basketball. Now I don't know how they are for college soccer. I'm not aware if there is any college soccer teams at university of Iowa or at Iowa state. So we'll have to wait and see 
what's going to happen there. But obviously, it's a situation where you would hope that this does bring more players around, gets them to accept and to also admit to being a part of something special. Like I said, it's not always a slam dunk when it comes to this sport uh, all over the country, but the truth is, is that, you know, it's been around for so long and hopefully it will continue to grow and grow. I mean, I don't know if we have any clubs. Obviously there are no professional clubs in Alaska, no professional clubs in Hawaii. Uh, There's not one in Maine that I know of. Uh, Vermont, of course, the Vermont Voltage. Now, I don't know if they're still around or not, but we have the Vermont Green that is over uh, in that state. Where in that state, I'm not sure, and hopefully maybe we'll get them on. Uh, New Hampshire, not quite sure. But, of course, you always talk about some of those clubs that have been around for a long, long time. They're now in the amateur levels like Fall River Marksman uh, that I've had on the show before in the past. And, of course, all, all these other clubs uh, in the NPSL that have been around for such a long period of time. Of course, some of these states, you know, like I said, I'm so used to like in New York, in New Jersey, uh, in Connecticut, uh, of course, in Pennsylvania. Now we have, of course, those clubs in Texas, California, large amount of clubs in California uh, coming around and everything. So it's just one of those things where that, it would be a lot of fun to have these clubs coming in and hopefully setting up shop in the National Premier Soccer League moving forward and just making everything strong and solid and to make the league a lot stronger and a lot better and to just keep on knocking down the door to say, we want to be a part of your league. We feel you are the league that best suits us. And we want to be a part of this. So that's all. I mean, basically anyone and everyone's been asking. So we'll have to wait and see what that will entail and what that will bring. But once again, it's the situation that the MPSL, always looking for brand new clubs coming in and hopefully adding on to the long list of clubs that want to be a part of it. So it should be fun. It should be exciting. And just cannot wait. Cannot wait to get these clubs involved with the National Premier Soccer League. There, anywhere else in all the leagues. Remember, I'm here to root for the game in this country. I'm here rooting for the game to be successful in this country. That's not just Major League Soccer. That's not just for USL Championship and League One and League Two. That's also for NISA and for the NPSL, UPSL, and any leagues available, even the amateur leagues, to see what will happen when brand new teams come in, strut their stuff, show them what they're made of, and hopefully do the job 
that we know they can do. It's exciting. It's a lot of fun. It's enjoyable. And to also see them get their opportunities to go into the U.S. Open Cup and hopefully go on a long-standing run. And who knows how deep they can go. We don't know how deep they can go. But that's the fun of it. And we'll see what happens. We have these clubs already in the NPSL ready to go for it. We have these clubs in the NPSL ready to attack it. So it should be exciting, should be a lot of fun, and I personally cannot wait. Let's see who we have here now. It's a Iowa phone number joining us, uh, 515-867. Your name, please, and which club? I'm Darwin Salas, president for uh, Des Moines United FC. Hello, hello, uh, Darwin. Thank you for joining uh, me tonight, and it's great to have you on. Uh, welcome to the show, and welcome to the NPSL. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're honored to, to be part of this great organization, NPSL. I think it's going to be great for all of our local players, local universities, and local talent as a whole here in the Moines. Absolutely. If I can ask you this, Darwin, um, have you seen the growth of this game within Des Moines at the same time within the state of Iowa where you believe and your ownership group believes that you can plant a flag here for the game or there, I should say? Well, let me tell you something. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, soccer in, in Iowa has been growing exponentially here in Des Moines, especially. I migrated to Des Moines uh, from California about 20 years ago. And I can tell you, I mean, it was, there was no soccer. Even 10 years ago, it wasn't what it is now. Right now, there's more and more clubs. The soccer used to be an elite sport uh, back then. Now it's a lot more, um, you know, affordable for, for the diversity of Des Moines. I mean, Des Moines, just to give an idea, in, 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 in Des Moines United, we have over 13 nationalities represented. So it's a very diverse city that is growing a lot, a lot of local soccer teams, different leagues uh, at all age levels, male, female. Uh, the city has been growing. We, as part of Des Moines United, also have a professional indoor soccer team called Iowa Demon Hawks. Um, the, uh, they're also building one of, our, one of the teams here that's been around for many years. The Menace um, is going to go into a USL championship building a stadium, so definitely uh, soccer from everyone here in the Moines. So great oh, that's great to hear to, to be part of it. Yeah. That's great to hear and good for you. And obviously I, I figured that's the biggest uh, um, secret that everyone's trying to keep underneath, but it's not going to be able to because obviously the Menace have been a part of the Des Moines area for such a long period of time. And to see them making that move to, US, to the USL Championship League in a year or two or so, that's going to be fantastic. But for Des Moines United, when you look around and you see the talent that's around here, do you go to the Iowa schools? Does University of Iowa or Iowa State, do you look at their schools to see the, the talent that's around there? Yes, definitely. Part of our mission, uh, just, just comparing ourselves to the Menace, for example, the Menace is such a great organization, great club that's been around for many years. Uh, where most of their talent comes from other states. Uh, 
part of the reason why we started Demon United four years ago was specifically to provide the opportunities for our local universities, local colleges. Uh, I would say 75% of our players are from colleges, both junior colleges and universities in, in the area, you know, Drake University, Simpson College, Grandview University, um, all, all the different Marshalltown Community College, uh, obviously Iowa State. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 and, and even local players, local players that don't even go to a university that are very talented that, that want to play. So it's, it's a combination of all that. And, and, and that's part of our mission as Demon United, to providing opportunity and development of players locally. Darwin, I hope you don't mind. I want to add on uh, uh, this guest. We're going to call it the Iowa Block because obviously we're going to have on joining us right now uh, Bobby Hurwitz, managing partner of the Iowa Raptors. And Bobby, uh, Bobby, hope you don't mind joining us, uh, myself and Darwin. Uh, welcome to the NPSL, Bobby. Uh, and uh, it must be exciting to not only see Des Moines United joining you, but to see for yourself as well uh, the game growing within the state of Iowa. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're we're excited to join the league. Uh, excited to to get some closer opponents. Excited to grow the game in Iowa. And yeah, it's all it's all good stuff. Soccer's growing and it's growing around us, which is great. That's wonderful to hear, Bobby. And let me also let me ask you this. Uh, obviously, when you found out about Darwin's club, and you're obviously both are going to be in the same uh, conference, obviously, uh, being together. What does that mean, uh, not just for the state, but, of course, for this conference to have, I guess, double the fun and double the pleasure? Because it sounds like the Iowans are really getting stronger here with, uh, with your two clubs joining forces. Yeah. The level of soccer is definitely growing in Iowa. It's really important. We've we've already developed a pretty intense rivalry with them indoor. So I am I am more than sure that will carry over to outdoor. Uh, it's it's good to have the two biggest cities in Iowa, in in a very well established league that's very nationally recognized. Uh, to to really put us on the map and and it's going to be some good battles. No, absolutely. And, you know, Darwin, you know, if you want to talk about this gateway conference, you're going to be taking on clubs like uh, Club Atletico St. Louis, uh, Etar Belleville, Milwaukee Torrent, Sunflower State FC. Uh, It just sounds like this is going to be a really a tough, tough conference for both of your clubs. How do you think both of your sides are going to handle this tough conference for yourselves? Well, it's definitely going to be challenging. Uh, we have great respect for the Iowa Raptors. Uh, just so you know, in the indoor, uh, we were blessed to to have uh, someone like Bobby hosting us and sharing the arena with us on the indoor project. Like he says, we have a big rivalry. Um, they, we call it a classical. It's the classic of Iowa. And uh, But, yeah, great respect for all the other teams. And, and it's definitely a different level. We both come from the UPS, from another league, uh, uh, and decided to move, move forward to NPSO together. And, and, uh, and I think it's going to be great. It's going to be a great experience, great, great growth for both of our markets. Absolutely. 
Um, it's not going to be too messy, is it, boys? We're going to, I mean, you'll share something uh, within the community, I believe. You know, it won't be that terrible, will it? No, no, no. It's mutual respect. On the field, we're the worst enemies, but out of the field, we're the best friends ever. You know, we, we get along, we work together, but just like anything in soccer, once, once uh, the whistle blows, we're there all, all, all in, you know? Nope, that's right, great Bobby? to hear. And Bobby, yeah, go ahead, Bobby. I want to hear your, your thoughts as well, please. Um, on the Gateway Conference? Yes. Or what, uh, in general? Yeah, I mean, it's a great conference. Uh, it's, it's good for us. Uh, some of the teams in our conference actually have another, another team that plays our reserve team, so it's good. Um, St. Louis is a great market. Kansas City is a great market. So you know they're going to have good teams. Um, and, and it's definitely going to be a tough market. I know that the Torrance is one of the most established clubs in, in the entire MPSL. So they're always going to, they're always going to bring it when they play you. So great conference. Um, and it's definitely going to be one to watch out for. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Bobby, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, what, what led you, uh, if you don't mind me asking, as managing partner of the Iowa Raptors, what brought you to wanting to be a part of this league and at the same time to be a part of the sport here in the U.S.? What drew you into this? Well, um, I'm a big soccer guy. Uh, I played professionally for five or six years indoor. Uh, you know, had a kid, stayed in Cedar Rapids, wanted to bring the sport there. I think a big decision about the MPSL for us is, is just a couple of things. The national recognition, the just the standards of the league. You know every game is going to be good. Every team you're playing against is, is a well-established organization. You know there's going to be no issues traveling there with teams traveling to you. The broadcast, I mean, all, all of it you know is going to be top class and, and give you the ability to, to bring a good product into, into your market. And, and grow your market there. So it, it's a no-brainer for us. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. And, and Darwin, for you, obviously, like you said, you moved over uh, to uh, Iowa from California 20 years ago. Was that because it was because of work or you were you're trying to develop your own uh, – uh, your your own situation to create something wonderful in I in the uh, the Des Moines area to uh, you know stake a claim for the game over there. Yeah, no, back back then was because of work. Uh, unlike Bobby, I wasn't. Uh, I used to play when I was little back in Mexico. Uh, but then but then now in California, I moved to Des Moines because of because of work. And then uh, so I mean so a great opportunity and and. It's just, just, just so just fell in love with with the diversity and and the way the sport of soccer specifically was growing. I have six kids and all of them playing clubs here in here in uh, Des Moines, so that made me get involved into that and and, and try to give back to to the community. Uh, this is definitely being part of the NTSL, uh, like Bobby says, it, it's gonna bring number one is gonna bring better quality of players. Uh, better standards and and, and a better a better a better product 
as a whole uh, for the community. And I think the community is ready for that. It's ready for for better games, for more quality, for for more competition. You know. Absolutely, absolutely, and I agree with both of you, gentlemen. Obviously, um, if your if your clubs do get into the playoffs this year and goes on a deep run, there's an opportunity to grab one of those U.S. Open Cup spots for 2024. How big would that be, not just for yourselves personally, but for the brand new fans you're going to be attracting in the very first round? of that Open Cup. Uh, Bobby, I'd like your response first, and then we go to Darwin afterwards. Go ahead, Bobby. So, I mean, that's obviously massive for the Cedar Rapids community. Um, not that it's not massive for Des Moines, but the, the men is definitely do go in the Open Cup every year. Um, we have never had a team ever in Cedar Rapids go into the Open Cup. So, I mean, it's not really something words can describe for the city. I mean, it would just be on another level for them for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely definitely being able to uh to get a league where where by competing at a higher level and, and getting to play or, or having the possibility of even being able to play higher teams and even MLS teams, man, that's a huge opportunity. It it would be a blessing and it would be something really good. Yesterday as a matter of fact I had here uh, a friend of mine, he's also um the commissioner of the M2 Indoor League, and he was telling his story. I mean, he was part of a of a team back in Rochester, New York. Uh, I guess the, the the first NTSL team that that ever won the Open Cup. You know, so it is possible for a team uh, in this level to go there and compete and, and have a good attitude and, and, and be a champion of that. You know, obviously that's a huge thing. Absolutely accomplished, but, but it's feasible, you know? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, look, the Rochester Rhinos, uh, the only second division side to beat an MLS team to win the U.S. Open Cup championship back in 1999. Uh, Charleston Battery had an opportunity in the uh, early 2000s. Sacramento Republic had that opportunity in the last Open Cup final against Orlando, sadly falling uh, in that final. But uh, absolutely, you know, there's an opportunity, and it's wide open, and hopefully uh, it could be uh, one of your sides, hopefully in next year, get that opportunity. And what would that mean, gentlemen, uh, to get that chance to face the Des Moines Menace in an actual knockout cup match? That would be probably the icing on the cake for both of you, uh, Bobby and then Darby. Yeah, I mean, indescribable an organization that's been around for 20 plus years and is recognized by the entirety of Iowa. I mean, you say the menace and every single soccer person in, in Cedar Rapids knows exactly who they are. So to get that opportunity to play against them would be, would be again, indescribable for our city, especially in, in a game that means something, you know, especially if we, we win that game, it means something. It'd be, be massive to get that opportunity for our city. Yeah, in, in our case, as Des Moines United, uh, we have an excellent relationship with the Menace. As a matter of fact, uh, we do scrimmages together all the time during the season. Uh, being the two main teams in the Des Moines market, uh, we, we obviously respect uh, what they do and, and, and how big they are and, and how, you know, they've been champions twice in the USL2. Uh, great respect. 
We do have an exhibition game with them, as a matter of fact, on June 3rd, here in Des Moines. It's, it's becoming like a Des Moines classical for the last three years. Um, as a matter of fact, last year, uh, we, we tied. We tied one-to-one on a, on, a, on a game, an exhibition game. And, and uh, But yeah, great respect for the men. But we were to compete with them at an open cup level. That would be that would be amazing. Yeah. No, absolutely, that would be great, and hopefully you'll get that opportunity. Uh, both of you uh, next year, we'll see what happens uh, in the Open Cup. First things first, uh, Darwin. I want to say thank you for your time, uh, for joining me tonight, and uh, good luck uh, this season. And uh, I hope uh, Des Moines United is successful. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the time. All right. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, And no problem at all. That's okay. Thank you very much. That's that's the president of Des Moines United, Darwin Salas, joining me tonight. And, um, Bobby, I just wanted to keep you on just a little bit longer uh, for one or two more questions. Um, Cedar Rapids, Rapids, you said, is uh, where you're going to be playing in? That's correct, yes. Cedar Rapids. What is it about Cedar Rapids that, you know, that, that gives you confidence about finding the talent to be a part of this Iowa Raptors side, if you don't mind me asking that. Uh, we have a ton of talent. We've been around for, this will be our fourth year in outdoor. Our first year we went and won the Heartland Super Cup against actually the Wichita Wings, which was then in the MPSL and I think is now in a different league, but um, we, we did go in there. We did beat them. Uh, we made a big run. Our our next year in the UPSL into the final 16. Uh, there's a lot of local talent. Uh, we bring in a lot of talent from out of state, predominantly the Chicagoland area. Um, and, and we, we have some, some former pro- professionals as well on our roster. And we'll, we'll, we definitely think we will, we will put on a really, really good show. And there's a, there's an extremely high level of soccer uh, for the players in our organization. Absolutely, and I just want to wish you and the Iowa Raptors good luck in the 2023 NPSL season, and uh, hopefully you're going to be successful this year as well. Take care and have a good night. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. And that was Bobby Hurwitz, managing partner of the Iowa Raptors. Now, my final guest tonight joining me all the way, over in California, this is the head coach of the California Odyssey, and Mr. Dr. David Santesteban. Santos. I hope Santos I got that Esteban. correct, David. No, is that close. correct? Santesteban. Say it again, please. I, say that again, please. I missed that. Santesteban. Santesteban. Thank you very much. You got it. I want to make sure. Well done. That's $10 in the mistake <laughs> jar. I apologize. Uh, well, worries. anyway, David, I'm used to it. Thank you very, thank you very much for joining me tonight. Welcome to the NPSL. Uh, and if many of us are not sure about what field you are, uh, what type of doctor are you? I'm a doctor of philosophy in uh, sport administration. So I got my PhD at uh, the University of New Mexico, where oh, I was the okay. assistant coach for the NCAA Division One men's soccer team. I was assistant coach there, so I was doing my studies. Oh, okay. That's wonderful to hear. Maybe I should uh, hook you up with Dr. David Kilpatrick. He's a uh, professional soccer historian. Uh, there we go. Maybe 
I'll, I'll, he's over in New York, and uh, uh, he, he's a professor over at Mercy College. Maybe if I send you his information, you let him know that I spoke with you, and uh, maybe you two can uh, do a thesis together. Indeed. <laughs> That's a good one. Hey, listen, I'll give you any help you can find. I don't care. No. <laughs> <laughs> But, well, but if I can, well, hey, we can talk well, about the club, thanks obviously. For ha- thanks for having me. I just want to say thanks for the opportunity and thanks for having me on here. And it's uh, nice to be new and part of the MPSL. Real excited uh, for our area and our club. Absolutely. Now, where in what town in California will the Odyssey be playing in? So our club is based out of Fresno, California, right in the middle of the state. And um, our stadium right now is in Madera, California, which is a little uh, bedroom community to us. And so, um, yeah, it's a new, new uh, high school stadium, so um, meets all the standards, and uh, we think it'll be a good venue for uh, the league. Oh, absolutely. I think it's going to – it sounds like it's going to be a real fun place to be at, and it's going to be a lot of uh, fun for you and uh, all your and all the clubs that are going to be facing. Obviously, you're going to be taking on clubs like FC Arizona, Las Vegas Legends, Lions United. Uh, hopefully, you will be able to take on some of these other clubs in the Golden Gate Conference. Um, but if I can correct. ask you this – good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Um how difficult do you think this uh, both conferences are going to be in that West region? Because um, you're going to be facing a ton of tough competition this 2023 season. Yeah, indeed. I think it's going to be a great, uh, you know, great competition here. Um, you know, uh, we do got some, we do have some games against the uh, Golden Gate teams. We'll be playing the Sonoma Soul, former national championship uh, champion of the MPSL. We've got the, uh, Napa, 1839, I think it is, or 1836. Mm-hmm. They're uh, a team that was a contender last year. Um, we also are playing at home against Davis and San Ramon, two uh, formidable clubs as well. So uh, we're excited. You know, uh, California Odyssey has, has you know, been around 20 years. Um, some of our players were part of that old uh, United States Development Academy team that were runners-up in the national finals two years in a row. So we've got a good little pool of some older guys and a lot of, uh, younger college kids. Uh, some are community college. Some are just, you know, finishing up four year in the local areas because uh, we draw from a, quite a wide range in this what we call the San Joaquin Valley. It's a big area, and so there's a ton of talent here. So we're excited. We think, um, you know, first year for any club, you know, was you know we kind of know what to expect, but we don't know what to expect exactly. But I think we'll uh, be very competitive, and um, the hope is we're going to take a lot of people by storm and surprise a lot of people. So that's that's what we're hoping for. Obviously, we always talk about these great players in the state of California, mostly from the Bay Area, uh, Los Angeles, San Diego. Now we're seeing, obviously, in Sacramento. Uh, What is the talent like in Fresno over there? And how far away are you from from Sacramento? So we are about three hours from Sacramento in the Bay Area and another three and a half, four from L.A. So we're right, right in the middle. Um, that's why we're with that Southwest Conference, but next year we're going to be full-time in the Golden Gate was uh, the MPSL builds up that Southwest Conference um, and, and adds some more teams in. Um, but the talent, the talent's here. I mean, California Odyssey itself had players and um, national team players and Nathan Smith, uh, who's playing with the Fresno Fuego in the USL um, uh, 1. And then um, we've had, like, William Bijev, who came out of Odyssey, 
that uh, ended up in the MLS. He actually, uh, as a youth, ended up in Liverpool and then bounced around some teams. It was MLS with Portland and some others. Um, there's quite a bit of talent in this area. We have right now Leonardo Marquez, who was part of the 99 squad um, that I actually was assistant coach on for the U.S. national team under Hugo Perez, his tenure there when Hugo was coaching the 99s for the U.S. And, um, you know, we've got some uh, nice little talent. So I'm, I'm excited for the season coming up here. And our first game's on the 26th against uh, uh, Sonoma Soul. I want to ask you this question. What have you learned from Hugo Perez when you- uh, he, you were uh, assisting with him or at least getting to know him. What have you learned from him that's rubbed off and you've added it to your coaching repertoire? Player character and their own allowing players to have their own personal flair. If you remember anything about Hugo Perez, he was one of the class players that we had in the U S uh, very technical player. You know, his style was, you know, a lot of good touches, great lefty, um, and he likes to let players use their style within a structure, but impose their style on the game. And, and uh, he was a stickler for, you know, making sure the style of soccer was the most important, that we were going to put a brand out there of, of, you know, football that we could be proud of as Americans. How did you think he did during qualification for Qatar? Um, you know, based on what he had and the time that he came in, I thought he did very well. And he got a good contract to where he gets to do the next cycle. So I think we're going to be seeing some uh, surprising growth at El Salvador. I agree. I, I absolutely agree. I, I think my my opinion personally, um, our loss is El Salvador's gain. I, I think he uh, should have had an opportunity to. That I'll leave it at that, but – but that's how I personally feel. That's how I personally feel. I, 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 would, um, I would concur. I would concur. Yep, absolutely. Um, joining this club, how long you've been with them uh, before coming to the NPSL, or did you just start with them at this year at the same time? So, so okay. Well, let's see. What I finished my my tenure at the uh, with the national staff in 2014. Did a quick spell over at the University of the Virgin Islands in uh, St. Croix, USVI. And then I came back to California after about 20 years, you know, coaching different colleges and such. And I was the director of California Odyssey from 2016 to 2018 when I uh, left for a job as athletic director at Reedley College. So I grew up in Fresno and um, played at Fresno State in the heydays of Jose El Griaga when we were a powerhouse Big West team. Um, so I, I know this city uh you know, my dad was a professor at Fresno State, grew up here, this is home, and, um, you know, there's always been talent here. Every every school I've ever coached at in college, I've always been able to pull talent out of Fresno, and um, we've always, you know, great players that get, uh, it's a little gold mine here, and I'm happy to be, uh, you know, at, at the forge, so to speak, and forging some of these young kids. Absolutely. Now, I don't want to, you know, ask for the whole playbook. I'm not asking you to divulge any secrets, but... What type of soccer, what's your tactics? Do you like to defend? Do you like to counter, press? What do you believe in gets you the great chance for a victory? There's no secrets in soccer, man. You've got you to gotta, you gotta have all, all, the, all the tools. You've got to have the technique. You've got to have the understanding of the, you know, the principles of play, all those things. But I definitely like to, you know, 
you know, it's a young team. I think right now what we have is a, a basically young team. So we're going to have to mix and mix and match some of the tougher opponents and, you know, maybe go into a, a deeper defensive set. But I like to personally, I like to run the, the play in terms of possession. I like to be on the ball. We like to move the ball, looking for combination play in the final third. And, you know, there's no secrets in soccer. You got you got to perform when you got to win the duels, and you, you got to defend. You got to be both sides of the ball nowadays. You know, players got to got to be able to handle it all. So, and you got to be able to solve problems on the field. So, really trying to give players that freedom to solve and take care of business on the field, not micromanage. Now, obviously, oh no, absolutely, I agree with you. Now, now, obviously, you know, uh, if California Odyssey does get on a run. Uh, and qualifies for the playoffs, gets into a big run into the playoffs. Obviously, you could qualify for a U.S. Open Cup spot. How important oh, yeah, is that, that's... not just to you, ownership, and the supporters that are going to come watch you play? Oh, that, that's the whole goal. I mean, Open Cup is a, you know, one of the reasons why I brought this project to, you know, back to Odyssey is, you know, in my time, so, you know, I'm 53, so in, in my days, you know, when you finish high school, went to college, there, you know, MLS didn't exist. You know, there was any, put too any, put any two letters in front of SL and it was a league that, you know, popped up and failed. And so what we had is we had these men's league teams that were pretty strong and we played in the open cup. You know, I played against the Greek Americans of San Francisco, played against San Jose Oaks, you know, ended up joining the San Jose Oaks after I left Fresno. Um, some, some quality teams that have won open cup, uh, played in the famous Balboa stadium in Sacramento, in San Francisco and, against uh, Rod Stewart's exiles down in um, LA. Um, and so that's a, that's a culture that I, this club needs. And I wanted to bring that back to get that opportunity to play in the open cup. And we've seen NPSL teams make great runs in, 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 uh, in the open cup. We've seen USL teams do very, very well in, in the open cup. And so that's that culture. That's that taste. That's that needing in this country to become a true soccer nation where the, the small teams can, run up and, and play against the bigs like in the FA Cup in England. That's what it's all about. I don't know if you've been, you know, watching, um, uh, what's it, Wrexham, you know, over there in England. They've been making the run with those mm-hmm. American owners, you know. And that's, that's that oh, excitement that uh, soccer needs. And, and in the next four years with the World Cup coming to the United States, we need that. 94 was a blast. And, you know, MLS has done a good job, but it's, it, it, we're due. It's so, so thankful to get the Cup back. Because, um, you know, the Beckham experience, everything has been great for the MLS. But we need that now nationwide for, for MPSL, for all the leagues that are out there. And we need soccer to grow and get that big marketing burst. And so I think Open Cup is one of those things that binds all those teams together. And so we're, we're excited for that opportunity. If we don't do, go that far, we'll try to qualify in the, you know, the preliminary rounds locally. Because and, and, we know how important that is and, and how exciting that is. Absolutely it is, and you are completely 100% correct because that is going to be a fun time. Uh, but let me also ask you this. Um, it's not just the World Cup that's coming in 2026. Of course, multiple Nations League tournaments in CONCACAF, the two Gold Cups that are coming, and the Copa America now going to be here stateside. What does that mean yep. for you to see all this soccer, all these wonderful national team tournaments coming to our country? It finally has shown American sponsors that they can put their money in soccer for years. You know, I mean, I think the first couple of years of MLS, they were paying to be on ESPN. Not only are we getting airplay, 
we're having sponsors, we're having international tournaments on our soil and players are now looking, you know, to come here first. And so that's a great thing. I mean, that's, you know, I've been, I've been waiting since the eighties, you know, back in the eighties, Oh, another 10 years and another 10 years. And then 94 came and we thought, Oh, we've arrived. And then it's done another 10 years and here we are in 2023. And, you know, I'm hoping and, and, and pleading and, you know, it's nice to see sponsors. They're finally realizing you can put money into soccer. I mean, look at LAFC, look at the ownership group makeup of LAFC. I think they were just valued at a billion dollars. Is that, am I correct? Yep. I mean, that's, that tells you right there that our level is starting to now the level. Yeah. We need to see some improvements, but, I mean, look at look at uh, Leeds. I mean, it's an American midfield. When have we ever had an entire midfield in a in a Premier League team? Never, you know. So this is Never. this is fantastic, and it's it's coming. And I think it's going to be a huge tsunami, and it can solidify this if Garber can get uh, solidify these big sponsors. I think you know when the when the payroll can match, you're going to start seeing younger kids who are choosing basketball, choosing you know, to be wide receivers and DBs and whatnot, maybe they're choosing soccer because there's a reason to play here now in the MLS because they can make those millions. Absolutely. And, you know, the one thing is this, is that if we see growth in the top leagues, then there will definitely be growth in the leagues below, and then everything will come together at the right time. Um, I guess my final question to you is this before I let you go. Um, is there an opportunity for California Odyssey maybe someday down the road? Uh, I'm assuming you're playing at a facility where you're just renting it out, but will is there yep. a permanent soccer stadium that could be in the future for this club? That's something that well, right now the way the club is um, situated, we've been you know fiscally responsible. We've got a good little nest egg to where we've been actively pursuing a complex. And so, you know, first steps first, you know, we build the complex, we're able to use that. We do have a, a, a municipal facility that, uh, you know, the Fresno FC used in the USL championship. Um, we're not there at that level. That rental is too big for us at this point. So, you know, we're being fiscally responsible. We're being one step at a time. We're not going to put the cart before the horse. And, um, but we're working on fields. And then once our club has fields, you know, the next step would be to do that. So, you know, it takes a lot. And, um, and we'd have to do a lot locally, grassroots. And, um, you know, we have a good, you know, we have a, I'm not going to call them a rival, but we have, you know, the Fresno Fuego that was, um, we were, they were Fresno Fuego. Then the new ownership group came in and made Fresno FC. They left town and now Fresno Fuego is still operating in USL1. And they are, you know, they are, you know, we're, we're friendly with them. And then we want to see them succeed. Their success is our success. So, you know, as long as we can keep pushing soccer, yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely a soccer-specific stadium in the future for Fresno. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Santesteban, thank you so much for your time uh, <laughs> being on the show. And uh, good luck this year, and hopefully you're going to have a, su- a successful expansion season. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, and thanks for the opportunity on tonight. Go NPSL. Thank you. Thank you, you too. Take care. All right, good night. And that yep. – Good night now. Thank you so much. And that is Sir David Santesteban, the head coach of the California Odyssey. As uh, they're getting ready to start their very first NPSL season, 
It should be exciting, and it should be a lot of fun. I want to thank my guests tonight from 865 Alliance head coach Michael Mayer, from West Texas FC head coach Victor Dominguez, and director of business operations Melissa Milan. I also want to thank the president of Des Moines United, Darwin Salas, the managing partner of Iowa Raptors, Bobby Hurwitz, and the head coach of the California Odyssey, Dr. David Santesteban. My name is Daniel Foyerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And join me on Monday for another regular Foyerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. Stay tuned to social media for the next NPSL Soccer Show as we talk more about the top National League here in American Soccer. Once again, this has been the NPSL Soccer Show here on the Foyerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. Thank you for your time. Have a good night. Take care so long. And as always, please... Enjoy your football.